We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Dish podcast. I'm your host, Max Torres. We have another recruiting-focused episode today. It is Thursday, May 26th, as I record this. We are going to be breaking down the top five most important recruits for the Oregon Ducks in the 2023 recruiting cycle. The Ducks have a lot of momentum right now on the recruiting trail and in the transfer portal, for that matter, after landing the commitment from Texas A&M transfer wide receiver Caleb Chapman, and then also coming off the flip of 2023 wide receiver Ashton Cozart from Oklahoma. So that's definitely something, some good momentum to give yourself as we head into the always important summer months. And then you also have to consider that the Ducks recently landed 2023 running back Dante Dowdell out of Picayune, Mississippi, over a host of high-profile SEC programs like Ole Miss, Tennessee, um, Arkansas was in the mix as well, and then you also had uh, Florida State that that was kind of in consideration. So this Oregon staff's definitely got to be feeling really confident, but I'm sure that they know that the months ahead are oh so important for the recruiting cycle in 2023. And honestly, you could make the statement for 2024 as well. I don't think that Oregon is one of those teams that has made a habit of really pushing really far ahead as far as ahead as like two cycles, but in the sense that you want to get a lot of your heavy duty, heavy lifting done in the summer months so that you can focus on those heavy hitters, those guys who want to draw out the process throughout the season. And then obviously you want to focus on the on-field product of the football. Um, but then when you get to next spring, the 2024s are going to be on the clock um, before you know it. So um, important to continue fostering those relationships with the 2024 guys as well. And the Ducks are doing that. They're getting some some big name guys out to uh, Oregon in the unofficial capacity. Obviously, 2024 guys can't take visits. One of them, for example, is 2024 cornerback commit uh, Aaron Hampton. He's going to be taking a visit out to Oregon this summer. He just announced that. We got a story on that on Ducks Digest. So make sure you guys check that out. And also just a reminder, make sure that you lock into these social channels with us. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at mtorissports. You can follow the Ducks Dish podcast on Twitter at Ducks Dish. Email us a question that you might have for the show at ducksdishpodcast at gmail.com. That's where you can find us over there. Uh, I am going to be doing a mailbag podcast focusing on Oregon recruiting. 
uh, plan is to have that on Friday. So hopefully I'll get this up tonight on Thursday. And I put out a tweet on my account to ask for questions. So if you have a question and you want to run it by me, that's the best way you can do it. So before we hop into the five most important recruits for Oregon in 2023, just wanted to put a little bit of a disclaimer out there. I did already write a story on this on Ducks Digest, so feel free to go check that out. But I wanted to hop on here and do a podcast just because I wanted to dive a little bit deeper maybe and uh, kind of wrangle any any uh, thoughts that I maybe didn't get to include in that, rec- in that uh, story. But if a guy is listed here, you know, as part of this group of five recruits, I want to be really clear that I don't think that it necessarily means that Oregon is going to land them. Uh, but I do think that Oregon has a reasonable shot with everyone on this list uh, and that they're important for the you know long-term uh, of, trajectory of the program or the program. So with all that being said, let's start right. Let's get things started with a really big name. That's five-star quarterback Jaden Rashada coming out of Northern California, Pittsburgh, California to be specific. This is a name that Oregon fans have known about for quite some time. He got out to campus during the Mario Cristobal era when when he was kind of an up-and-coming recruit. He was a big name, but now he's one of the talks of the country when it comes to quarterbacks. As the quarterback dominoes continue to fall, right, uh, that's what makes the quarterback position in particular so interesting because it usually serves as the face of a class, right? That's kind of the guy that you want to pitch playing with to these other recruits. Eli Holstein just recently committed to Alabama this week. He's a former Texas A&M commit. Um, He's out of Louisiana. So it looks like the Crimson Tide has a solid quarterback. Is it has or the Crimson Tide? Oh man, that's one of those things. I, the grammar is just a little tricky. Is it the the Crimson Tide has a quarterback in the fold? Um, I believe that they're open to taking two and, and uh, there's been some reports that Arch Manning is still going to be taking his official visit out there this summer. Uh, so a lot of people thought that Arch Manning was the major quarterback domino. And I think it really looked like it was Nico Yamiliava uh, who went to Tennessee. He kind of served as one of those quarterback dominoes. Uh, and then you also have Dante Moore, who's on there as well, as far as, you know, a big name quarterback still on the market. And then Jane Rashada, of course, is right there in that discussion as well. Um Let's just start off with why I think this is important as far as Jaden Rashada in Oregon. He's a top West Coast guy. Uh, I think that when you look at the dynamics of college football and kind of the power dynamic, obviously the SEC is right there. Big Ten is right there. More The SEC is, you know, king, but I think Big Ten is the, you know, clear number two as far as power goes with these conferences. But a big reason that the Pac-12 has been lagging behind is because a lot of the West Coast top talent, the premier players, have been going to SEC, ACC, Big Ten country. So for Oregon to keep Jaden Rashada out West would not only be good for the Ducks because they would have you know a signal caller of the future and, and someone who could probably compete for playing time right when, right when he starts his college career, but it would benefit the Pac-12 because it would be a, a, you know, a statement, a message, if you will, that the Oregon staff sends we're going to keep those top West coast guys out at home. And that's why you could also make a similar argument with USC. I know mainly Oregon fans, you know, listen to this podcast and watch me on YouTube and read my work. But if USC is getting those top tier West coast guys, that's good for the PAC 12. Um, And we're going to see plenty of Oregon USC battles. And there's definitely one that I think is taking shape with another guy on this list that we're going to talk about later on in the show. So make sure you stick around for that. But 
Jaden Rashad is as gifted a quarterback as there is in the country. Uh, he's definitely becoming very well-traveled. He's already taken an official visit out to Ole Miss. That was the same weekend that a lot of people thought he was going to make it out to Oregon for the spring game, uh, April 23rd. So he's got four remaining official visits. He just got to Gainesville this week, uh, today actually on Thursday, to begin his official visit with the Florida Gators. Um, if you guys have followed me for a while and read my work, I, I told you that Florida is a, a team that's come on very strong in this recruitment and that they're a serious contender. So, um, you know, just kind of more evidence of that, that the Gators are definitely going to have a say in this recruitment. So that's two official visits. And then you have to look at some of the other schools that have gotten involved. Texas A&M was a huge offer that he got. Uh, and, and they, I think, are in a great position to get an official visit. So that would make it three visits. And then you also have uh, Oregon, LSU, and Miami that are all in the mix here. Um, I don't think Arkansas is a player anymore. Jaden Rashad is going to be working towards a June 18th commitment, which is also really interesting because another quarterback that the Ducks are going after, Avery Johnson, is going to be coming out to Oregon for an official visit in the month of June, and he wants to be committed before he goes out to the Elite 11 Finals, which is also in June. So it's going to be a, a crazy time as far as all that goes and seeing which which quarterback uh, goes where and, and how that ultimately impacts Oregon. So the Ducks are definitely going to have to you know battle to get an official visit, but they got him up to Eugene recently, and I think that that bodes well for them as far as getting, uh, you know, selling him again, as far as getting in front of him, getting that FaceTime, building those relationships, getting him out here on an unofficial, and then hopefully putting yourself in a good spot to capitalize on an official visit. Um, Rashada still hasn't announced um, what he's going to be doing as far as some of his other visits, um, the remaining official visits. But I think I've tried to kind of paint a picture as far as what that looks like uh, and from what we know now. And then Dante Moore, a lot of people – uh, kind of think that he's a Notre Dame lean, and I'm kind of in that camp right now because um, Marcus Freeman has made that a priority since he got hired. But Dante Moore also getting recruited by Texas A&M, also getting recruited by LSU. Um, and I believe he he also made it out to Miami for a visit, but I'm not sure how serious of a contender they are in his recruitment. So that's another thing that's going to make this these recruiting dominoes so crazy to watch is because there's so many overlapping schools, particularly at the quarterback position. But at the end of the day, it's super important for Oregon to get a good quarterback. Jaden Rashad is in the mix. Dante Moore is in the mix. Avery Johnson, who I just talked about, the Kansas quarterback, he's recently gotten in the mix um, as far as an option for Oregon. And you also have Aiden Childs from Southern California. He's starting to pick up some offers, was recently out in Seattle for a visit to Washington. When I talked to him after that offer, he told me he was looking to make a trip out to Eugene. So we'll see if Oregon gets him on campus and, and what that can do to help their case. All right, next guy I want to talk about on this list is another name Oregon fans are very familiar with at this point. That is St. John Bosco edge rusher Mateo Uyangalele. Really just a really, really gifted athlete on both sides of the ball. The dude's just a tank. Um, he can really blow up the line of scrimmage and, and get after the quarterback. And he can also do a lot of damage as a tight end or even if you get flexed out wide as a receiver. Um, he's really just made a name for himself as a recruit and someone who's in a great spot to leave his own legacy, despite being the younger brother of DJ Uyunglele, the Clemson quarterback. So I think he's important because you need this. He is the type of talent you need to get in the trenches on a consistent basis. Oregon had Kayvon Thibodeau for three years, but 
part of the reason I think that his effectiveness was limited was because he was consistently the best player and he was so head and shoulders above the rest of that defensive line. If you can bring in multiple guys of a Kayvon Thibodeau's caliber, of a Mateo Uyunglele's caliber, I think that that will really just serve to elevate what you can do as a defense, particularly getting after the quarterback because a lot of the best teams in college football, those ones that hoist that golden trophy, they can get after the quarterback. And that's something that Oregon has struggled to do in recent years. So Mateo Uyunglele is a top option for them in the trenches. You got guys like Tosh Lapoy, Dan Lanning, Tony Tuioti that are really heavily involved in this recruitment. Mateo is battle-tested because he plays in the Trinity League, which is one of, if not the toughest leagues in the country. I know that some folks in Texas and Florida will probably have uh, something else to say about that. But case in point, the point I'm making is that he plays against really solid competition week in, week out. They play a national schedule as well. Uh, they played uh, against a Miami team last year. I think it was Miami Central. And then um, they played another school. I want to say it was called Os- Oscar Smith, Oscar something that was from the East Coast. Um, the name's escaping me right now, so apologies for that. But I think I think that's really important. And then you're just also getting back into St. John Bosco. I don't believe the Ducks have landed a guy from St. John Bosco since Chris Hudson, who is stepping into his own and really – elevating his play in the recent year in the last season at Oregon. So anytime you can get more guys from a national powerhouse program, uh, that's only going to serve to benefit you in the immediate future when he gets there. And then just trying to get more guys and establish that good relationship. So uh, also big because there's a, a kind of a group of five that are really standing out in this recruitment. Like I mentioned, the Oregon USC battles are going to be pretty intense to watch as the years come. Uh, so right now it looks like Mateo is focusing on Oregon, USC, Ohio State, Clemson, and Alabama. He hasn't announced his official visit schedule, but that's kind of the sense of the schools that I've gotten and, and that I'm, I'm pretty confident are, are going to get official visits from the couple times that I've talked to him out on the recruiting trail. Um, so those are some names to, to keep an eye on, and I just feel like he's one of those guys that this is the kind of guy that you want a recruiting duo of like a Dan Lanning and a Tosh Lapoy or this whole Oregon staff that has all this recruiting prowess and recruiting reputation to land. So Mateo Uyunglele has to be up there as one of the top most important recruits for Oregon in the 2023 class. And then staying at the same position, we got Jaden Wayne uh, coming out of Lincoln high school in Tacoma. Um, I think that's, this is another guy that you got to get because you want those big time guys in the trenches. And you might argue that it's, uh, I was going to say that it might be an easier recruitment than Mateo's, but I don't really think that that's accurate at all because they both have just about every program in the country coming after them. Both have a national recruitment. Oregon looks like the only PAC 12 school that's seriously in the mix for Jaden Wayne. As he begins to knock off some official visits, he knocked off his first one to Georgia um, so that's a big trip for him to be taking. The Ducks are going to get an official visit from him on June 24th, which is shaping up to be a massive recruiting weekend. I know that was a, a big question that got thrown my way for the upcoming mailbag podcast. So definitely got to keep an eye on what Jaden Wayne, um, you know, what on his recruitment and how things kind of develop. Because when you're taking those official visits, whether you announce a top a new group of top schools, I feel like you're kind of showing your hand, right? Because you're saying official visits are really important trips. And these are the ones that I'm going to be using them on. So similar to Mateo, like I was saying, Jaden Wayne has a national recruitment. So you got Bama, Georgia, LSU, Oregon, and Miami, 
all in the mix here. Um, and previously, obviously, you had uh, Mario Cristobal and, and, you know, a lot of those Oregon staffers that followed him to Miami, Joe Salavea, those relationships have carried over to the other side of the country. And, and I know that he's been out to Miami numerous times, but Washington's are one of the states on the West that has really elevated its talent. You know, the guy, they're putting out guys. You have JT Tuomalau, Mecca Buka, Sam Heward, and now Jane Wayne. Jane Lamar just committed to Notre Dame today. So you got to tap into the state of Washington for sure. I think in a ideal situation, you get both. You get Mateo Youngle and Jane Wayne. I think it's probably maybe a little bit more realistic right now in terms of kind of the feels that I've been able to get on both of those recruitments that they get at least one, but I'm not ruling out that they can get both. Is it going to be easy? Absolutely not, but I think that they can do it. So that's something to keep an eye on and, and a little bit. Uh, I said that was the dream scenario for, for, for Oregon, if they're able to get both of those guys. Um, so yeah, we're rolling through some of the most important recruits for Oregon in the 2023 class. We're going to take a quick break and talk about a major in-state player that Oregon needs to keep their eyes on. And ultimately I think needs to prioritize getting in the fold for this class. We're going to talk about that player on the other side of the break. Stay with us. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome back to the Ducks Dish Podcast. I'm your host, Max Torres. We are talking about the five most important recruits for Oregon in the 2023 class. And coming in at number four, and a reminder, this is in no particular order um, in terms of importance. I think all of these guys are really important. Um, although I do kind of feel like the quarterback position, you could make the case for that being arguably the most important just because you need a guy that's elite at quarterback if you want to make a run for the the title. So with that being said, our next recruit is Oregon's own Riley Williams. Riley Williams is really on pace to become the most heavily recruited player to come out of the state of Oregon. His brother Corbin Williams played at Oregon. He's been to campus a million times. 
So you got to make sure that you utilize that family connection, as we've seen with the Sewells when they had Panay and then they saw Noah. Obviously, you couldn't waste any time. You had to make him a priority. I think the tight end room is in awesome shape at Oregon, but shoot, that's no reason why you don't want it to get better. Anytime you have a player that's this caliber with Williams, you have to, have to, have to keep him in state. Oregon isn't like a lot of these other states, like a California, like a Texas, like a Florida, like some of these schools in the South. They don't consistently produce a ton of power five guys. So when you have those guys that are capable of being starters or contributors on your team in a serious manner, you got to go after them. So fortunately right now we know that Williams has set a number of official visits for the summer months. And I believe if I remember, if memory serves that Oregon is set to get the one of the last visits. So uh, give me a second while I pull this up. So uh, earlier in May, Riley Williams announced that he's going to be taking four official visits as of right now on in June, June 3rd to 5th, he's going to be in Alabama. June 10th through June 12th, he's going to Ohio State. June 17th through 19th, he's going to Miami. And then June 24th through 26th, he's going to be taking an official visit to Oregon. So there is a fifth school that's still open, it looks like, in that official visit slate. No commitment date set just yet for Riley Williams. But um, this is another guy that if you can get him in the fold, you can make it even more appealing for whoever ends up being your quarterback look at all these weapons that we have for you to work with. So I think that Riley Williams is uh, an awesome talent and really just everyone I talk to says that he's just that guy. So you gotta, you gotta make sure that you're prioritizing Riley Williams, getting him out here. He was, I believe he was in Eugene for the spring game. I know he was out here for a visit in the spring. So there is that, um, you know, they're doing the right thing, getting him here uh, consistently. So that that's definitely good for the ducks. And then the last one I want to talk about, I honestly went really back and forth. I really did. Um, I think that it's pretty interesting. Just the, the discussion about, you could argue, I'm going to talk about both guys that I was thinking about here for number five on Oregon's most important recruits in the class of 2023. I'm going with Roderick Pleasant, the defensive back out of Sarah high school in Gardena, California, a Southern California guy. His name has been all over the news lately. And well, all he did was set a California state record for the 100 meters, 10.14. The the person with the second place in that heat, their time was 10.38. So still just moving. But we know how much of a difference speed can make in today's version of college football, especially when you're going against a pass-heavy team, someone who likes to mix things up. I feel like Roger Pleasant is really important because if you can get him in the fold at Oregon, you can help keep keep up with the skill guys that are coming to USC, that are coming to Ohio State, Michigan, Alabama, Georgia, whoever Oregon might run into, whether it be the regular season, bowl season, or the playoff. I think that you have to keep swinging as hard as you can for these high-caliber guys, these guys that maybe someone – thinks that Oregon might not be in the best spot to get him, but they've proven time and again that they can go anywhere in the country. And Dan Lennings said that repeatedly, that he wants to be able to go anywhere in the country, go in any living room and make that pitch. So not only would it be great for them to get Pleasant because he's a Southern California guy, it would be great because it would help them keep pace with the elite weapons that they might come across 
when they're facing some really strong offenses in the years to come. Right now, dating back to February 1st, the most recent group of top schools for Roderick Pleasant are as follows. Boston College, Penn State, USC, Cal, Oregon, Georgia, Texas, Michigan, UCLA, Utah, Arizona, Ole Miss, and Colorado. So a top 13 doesn't provide us too much direction. With him being a 2023 guy, I think he's taking the process a little bit more slowly than most rising seniors that we see right now. Once we get to the summer, I guess we can just call everybody seniors, but he's a junior right now in the class of 2023. So definitely another national recruitment. Got some Pac-12 schools in there as well. I think Utah is Utah is an interesting team because I think that Kyle Whittingham's proven that he can have a lot of success by getting his kind of guy. But think about it. The more success you have on the field, winning Pac-12 championships, knocking off teams like Oregon, it's just going to make it easier, I think, for you to get those guys that might have traditionally been kind of out of your out of your wheelhouse, out of your range. So I think Roger Pleasant is huge because speed is a that skill that you can't teach, that trait that you can't teach, and that trait you can never have enough of. Um, so I think that with his track background, the dude's an obvious playmaker. I think he has a really good football IQ. I like watching him play. And um, even with him being a Southern California guy, the way that Dan Lane's built the staff, he's brought on guys that have connections all over the country. Tosh LePoy is obviously a huge face in California. That's kind of his stomping grounds. But we got to think about who would be Roger Pleasant's position coach, Demetrius Martin, a Pasadena guy. You know that he's going to be doing everything he can to kind of pull out the stops and, and make that good impression with Roger Pleasant. So again, kind of like what we were talking about with Mateo and Jaden Wayne, with Tosh LePoy and Dan Lanning, that power duo recruiting-wise to get these kind of guys, this would be a huge, huge win for Demetrius Martin on the recruiting trail. The other guy that I was thinking about putting in this spot was Caleb Presley because the Ducks need a really good corner. I think that they've just lost a lot of guys at that position. Some of them have gone on to the NFL, right? You look at, in recent years, right, Diamondo Lenore, Thomas Graham, um, Mikel Wright, he, he's hoping to find a, a roster spot at the next level after going undrafted. Um, and then DJ James just recently went to Auburn. So you just got to keep giving yourself some, some really talented guys to work with at the cornerback spot. You can never have enough talent there, never have too much talent there rather. And then the Ducks certainly bolstered that in the 2022 recruiting class, getting Jaleel Florence and Jaleel Tucker out of Lincoln high school in San Diego. Um, and then they also got Christian Gonzalez out of the portal from Colorado, but they also lost Jalen Davies to UCLA. So there's been a ton of movement here. And I think that's still a really thin room for Oregon. Um, if Oregon were to add any more guys out of the portal, I would think I would say that the need's probably at corner. But um, it's so weird. We're still seeing guys committing. I'm, I'm honestly, I got to do a little more research to see what the cutoff is for the portal because I kind of thought it had already passed. So that might be on me to do a little bit more extra research. I'm, I'm not perfect, but... Yeah, Caleb Presley is another guy you could easily mention. Um, he's an FSP guy, so for people who follow recruiting, you know that that's really a talent factory out of the Pacific Northwest in Seattle. Um, Caleb Presley went to the same high school as – goes to the same high school, rather, as Josh Connolly Jr., Oregon's five-star offensive line pledge in the 2022 class. So you have that recent you know relationship that they can build and you know teaming up at the next level. But Presley's another guy who's been all over the country, A&M, Alabama, Georgia – Oklahoma, like everybody's just after that guy because he is that good. So 
I think that I just see a little bit more appeal as far as the speed goes with Roderick Pleasant, but man, those guys are both super high, high, high level players. And um, Presley has been to Eugene like a million times because that road trip is, is really easy for, for him to make. Right. That's another thing that helps Oregon with Washington being so good is that distance is on your side. Right. So you got to go national for really good talent, but if there's guys that you think can help your program that close on the West coast, whether it be California, whether it be at home in Oregon or in Washington, Arizona, Utah, those states keep producing more talent and Oregon's tapping into both of those states in the 2023 class. Cole Martin's from Arizona, Tavita Pome is from Utah, and there's more guys that they're going after in both of those states. Uh, so definitely some guys to keep an eye on. And uh, yeah, that, that I just kind of wanted to lay the foundation here and, and kind of put this out here as the Ducks head into crucial summer months on the recruiting trail and looking to really get the ball rolling. They have some momentum and you got to just keep it, keep it rolling as the ducks get into summer. But that that'll do it for us here on this episode of the ducks dish podcast. Really appreciate you guys tuning in. However you're tuned in, whether you're on the podcasting platform of your choice, or if you're watching here on YouTube for the multi-platform excellence at Oregon football max tours, we appreciate you taking some time out of your day to show your support. Uh, if you could take a second out of your day and smash that like and subscribe button, that would be a huge, huge help for what I'm doing covering the Ducks. We're almost to 1,500, which is pretty, pretty cool. Um, and then just a, a friendly reminder, head on over to DucksDigest.com to find the latest written content that I have covering the Ducks. That's where you can find all the latest recruiting updates, recruiting interviews, um, and, and the like and analysis. And then also Ducks Digest forums. We're trying to build the community and get more discussion, seeing where you guys are at, what you want to talk about, what you want podcasts about, and really just trying to build the community here at Ducks Digest, over on Ducks Digest, rather. We're on Ducks Dish, but uh, I don't want to ramble too much. That'll do it for us, guys. Really appreciate the support and hope everyone's having a good week. And we will see you very soon for our recruiting mailbag episode. Stay tuned for that because you don't want to miss it. Take care. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.